I'm just fucking shit up. Yeah. Okay, I think we might have... Should we, should we talk about the episode? And yeah, let's get cracking. So, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, episode two, Children of the Comet. Non-spoilers. Uh, I just want to start off by saying that, disappointingly, it is not a Star Trek homage to the Children of the Corn series. <laughs> like, when I read the title, I was like, are they doing cults? Are they going to do a cult episode? But they didn't. Well, yeah, I was, yeah. Hoping, I was hoping for a cult episode, because, like, cults are one of my specialist subjects. Um... <laughs> They're, they're Making, like, running. No, no I, would, I would never. No, because, like, honestly, like, ooh, it takes a fucking lunatic to run a cult, and I just do not have that level of self-esteem. No, um, it takes a Jared Leto to run a cult. Oh yeah, real Jared Leto type. Like he would make mm. a fantastic cult leader. Probably is. He is. Oh he yeah, is. wait, He's I remember his... hearing something about that recently. Actually. Yeah, although they. they... They position it as not a cult, it is just a, a spiritual meeting of minds or something like that. Or people wander into the desert and only eat ham for 40 days. Something ridiculous like that. Okay. Yeah. Not a cult. Not a cult. Just Hashtag not a cult. cult. These, Still uh, sound you know... kind of culty, though. Yes. Yeah. Now that, I, now that I said it out loud, there absolutely is a cult in this episode. Yeah. Shepherds, aren't they? Yeah. The shepherds. Mm. Yeah. I've got a lot of shit written down about, like, how I feel about them. <laughs> How do I feel about shepherds in general? Um, what did you think of the episode all in all? I, I re really liked it. I, I probably liked it a, a smidge less than last week, but it's still a, a nine out of 10, I would say. Um, you know, still a, a self-contained story, you know, still everything we like there. Still has some undertones of, you know, connecting to a larger story, still like that. I think maybe the resolution's a bit messy, which we'll get on to, you know, later, obviously. Um, yeah. And the, there's a point, there's a point I'll, I'll bring up way later on, maybe maybe once we're finished talking about the episode, about, about what's in the back of my mind with Star Trek in general at the moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really liked it. And, you know, all the horror stuff, because it's her episode, fantastic. Do, do you know, um, and we're, we're it, it's non-spoilers, but there, there's there's a, a race, oh my god, there's a race, a different, you know, race of beings in, in a Star Trek. But the Shepherds remind me, did you ever watch uh, Space Precinct? And I think it was Space Precinct yes. 1999. I, I actually re-watched some Space Precinct recently. I went on a bit of a weird Jerry Anderson rabbit hole. Yeah. And uh, yes, I like he, he looks a bit like that. You were the only other that. person I've ever met who has ever seen <laughs> that show. Mate, I had the toys. I had the, I had the fucking toy! <laughs> I had a toy! I picked one up at a car boot sale. If anyone... It was a great show as well. It was fantastic! It was, it's kind yeah. of naff and dated, but like... Kind you of know, cool. it's, it's one of the um, first screen appearances of Idris Elba, and they dub him. Like, everything he says is so dumb. weird. Yeah, and they give him, like, the weirdest, like, American accent. It, it, like, yeah. it's, oh, it's so Pizza weird. here? Hey, pizza here? Hey, guys. It sounds so yeah. weird. Sublight pizza. Hey. About time. Meet you in the bay. It's so a British-made show pretending to be American. Like, that was yeah. it. 
That was a uh, a real like Jerry Anderson theme in a lot of his shows. He had a lot of Americans. They were all done by mm. British people with terrible American accents. Hot delivery anywhere on Altar, guaranteed. Get out of here. Yeah, but fantastic show. But the the shepherds remind me of whatever race, whatever. Um, species the captain was and, and stuff yeah. like that yeah it's Sli- slightly less thin in the in the bottom of the face but like, the same like this. yeah sounded like weirdly irish but like i don't think yeah that's what they were going for <laughs> and again an irish accent probably done by someone who's never been to ireland uh an american accent's done by people who've never seen america it's like you sound irish um this is this is actually supposed to be Southern American. It's like, well, you are yeah. way off, mate. There's a, a video on YouTube about the making of uh, of the making of uh, Space Precinct, and it is quite good. And they go into you know how they how they're struggling to do on set um, creature movement and stuff like that. It's it's great stuff. They insisted on doing it all practical, so fair enough. Before them, you couldn't do it any other way back then. Mm-mm. No, 90s. He probably just looked at Babylon 5 and was just like, I'm not being funny out, my models look way better than that. Yeah. And it, it was his speciality, you know. For Jerry Anderson, it's it's all the model stuff, isn't it? It's all the model and creature stuff. Um, anything else we want to touch on, non-spoilery? Um... I don't know. You know, it, other than it's, a, a, it's the Uhura episode, um, something happens in this episode that or oh, I had it down on my bingo card, and I wish I'd said it last week because I had it down last week. Um, as I reckon this is going to happen, or Uhura is going to do this, right? Um, and I, I wish I'd put it down, and I didn't, and I feel like an idiot. I was even thinking, you know, two days ago, oh, I should put it up on the group just in case this episode is is Uhura's episode, and I feel like I, I didn't think they'd do it early enough, and you know, more for me. Yeah, but that, that's all I've got non-spoiler. Yeah, def- yeah, I definitely preferred last week's episode. Last, but last week's episode was just like a fucking boom right out the gate, just mm. fucking awesome. This is still a very, very, um, it's very TOS plot. It's a, um, it's that classic, you know, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Um, yeah. Say, oh, if you like, if you like Alan Moraine and. Uh, no one likes Alan Moraine, I'm told. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind Alan Moraine. the episode with Frere Jacques. Uh, uh, Is it the Voyager one? No, no, the TNG episode where uh, where Jean-Luc is, is singing Frere Jacques with the kids. Uh, the Stuck in the Turbo Lift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, disaster, if you like, maybe? If you, like, if you like Jean-Luc singing Frere Jacques, if you like Cisco singing Alan Moraine... If you like, well, if, if you like singing whatever she was singing, you will love this episode. That or the resolution of uh, the end of last or this year's disco. Yes, yes. I think it's like... very the end of this year's disco. <laughs> Sorry, I've just realised something. You could have <laughs> just done this instead of the yeah. whole. You could have just. But ha- handled a bit better, you know. Um, yeah, concisely. When, when, concisely. When we, when we get to the when we get to the explanation of what we're talking about and the connection to uh, last year's disco, 
I'll I'll go through how this is probably a bit stronger than that. Okay, uh, cool. Because I've got thoughts. <laughs> okay. Or I've got a half finished thought probably. Well, that that's how you finish them. You yeah. Discourse. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, man. So should we go on to? <laughs> should we go on to what happens or talking through the episode? Let's say. Sure. Um, so we start off on planet Persephone on Stardate 2912.4 and Persephone is, uh, is under threat from the approaching comet C2260Q. So, um, obviously like we have, like we've got some, got some cold open fodder. Um, but the, it's a pretty long com- cold open really as well. Long cold open. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but this planet, um, is is kind of the the uh, the MacGuffin of the episode. The the plot circles around this planet mm. under threat by this comet. So yep, like you say, Uhura episode, Uhura opening monologue. Yeah, she does a cadet log rather than a captain's log. You know, it follows her to the captain's quarters. She she's been uh, pranked or um, or whatever to show up at the captain's suite in her dress uniform. I miss the the like weird kind of silvery, like you know old TOS uniform yeah. that we get that we get with the McGinty, McGunty, McClunky. Well, the, the, there's dress uniforms like Scotty's dress oh, yeah, uniform has dress the uniforms. kilt and and stuff like that. So it, it's probably the biggest departure from the old dress or from the old style uniforms in their category, but. I don't think anyone cares that much about the dress uniforms to to make a riot over it. I, I certainly don't. It was central to the plot of the cold open. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's been hazed. Um, hazed they they mention yeah. Ortegas. Orte- Ortegas. Yeah. Ortegas again. Classic Tom Paris. Yeah. Hazing, hazing, um, and Harry Kim. Like, yeah. Yeah, big, big Tom Paris vibes from Ortegas. I hope I, I like him more than Tom Paris, though, at the end of the season. I already like him more than Tom Paris. Yeah. Um, they, they mention um, Enterprise Bingo as well. Um, as in, new people are doing bingo, as in, oh, I've gone to the captain's quarters for dinner or something like that, mm-hmm. crossing off the bingo, or I've been hazed. So I'd like to know what the rest of that bingo card is. Um, Climb through a Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. Um, transport or accident. Die and be resurrected. Meet a god. Yeah, meet a god. Um, yeah. Get a sex based disease. Get a sex based disease and uh, um, um, wake up in an insane asylum and be told that it was all, all a delusion. Yeah. But it. They're all going to Pikes for dinner, which is is great to see because they put in such a massive set for Pikes um, place last week, and you know we we saw him and Spock sit at his little bar table, his L shaped bar. But it's great to see that he's friendly and he invites people up from lower down in the ship to try and get what they're about or or to try and hear what his crew think. That that's really nice and interesting. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, Cisco used to cook for people, but he used to cook for his mates. He didn't used to cook for Quark as well. <laughs> the one thing he's not a good host on is that um, 
he invites you to talk about where you see yourself in 10 years, like he's a careers advisor <laughs> in front of all these people you have barely met. Yeah. <laughs> when you like, see yourself in 10 years, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. said, like, you know, he's, he's, he's got a good management style. That's very open. Yeah. Um, uh, he, like, like I was kind of saying last week, he knows that Spock has a girlfriend. He, knew, he knows about Sarek because unlike Kirk, Pike is interested in his crew and like mm -hmm. asks questions. He's interested in learning about them. He doesn't just talk about himself and what he got up to at the Academy. Yeah. He's a, he's a real man of the world as well because it's the second episode, well, two out of two, where um, he did it with Mbenga last week where he said, oh, me and my mate Mbenga travelled around here. Um, we we travelled around, I don't know where it was, he was saying. And then this week with Ahura, when she was humming her song, he went up and asked her about it and said, oh, well, I've, I've travelled around there as well. He's a real man of the world. You know, yeah. he's a real, he's well, a real yeah. uh, traveller. Like, that, you know, it definitely informs to just how sad it is that he's going to be a head in a box with a melting yeah. face. Because as well as being like, active and lively and you know a good manager um mm. he was also a jet setter sad but you you get that sadness as well when he, he starts talking about where where do you see yourself in 10 years and he goes oh so christ i'm in a, ooh, ooh, i'm in ooh, a ooh, box ooh. in 10 years where, where are you gonna be in 10 years because oh, i'm recruiting someone to clean out my um black box <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean well, surely that happens. That that's all dealt with in box. Hopefully, I mean yeah. it's the future. But how many of them? You've got to assume that's a bespoke box. How many people are getting Delta Raid um, to hell? Well, does that mean that he chose to go with the beep beep communication system? <laughs> I'd be drawing up plans now. If he thinks he can't escape his future, it'd be like, how about on the side of my box you put like flame stripes so I can imagine I'm going a bit faster. Um, instead of beeping, we can kind of do a Stephen Hawking situation. Um, I mean, I'm pretty know. sure there was an episode of TOS where Spock was hooked up to a machine where you could hear his thoughts coming out of a machine. Yeah, Spock's brain probably <laughs> one of the one of the worst episodes. But yeah, oh my god, Spock doesn't have a brain. Hate it, but never mind. So we also get to meet Hammer as as um, Uhura goes in. You know, she's fish out of water, doesn't know who to speak to, and she sees Hemma, you know, cutting carrots or space carrots or something like that, and goes over and, and tries to help. Yeah. Says, you know. Really back. Really back, Uhura. Just pull it back. Yeah. But you don't, it's not necessary. It's it's a very light introduction to him, though. And mm, totally. I, hope, I hope maybe next episode is his episode, because... He's got a bit more to explain about him than just a, a general human on the ship. Mm -hmm. um, and this touched very lightly on him being a precog. Um, it touched very lightly on him having different senses. He, he should be one of maybe a thousand people of his subspecies of race total. Mm. He's got this power where he can read thoughts or read the thoughts of spock at least if spock is projecting them well um, yeah well vulcans have, have got you know a level of they, telepathy they've got, so they've yeah. got like yeah 
Makes sense. Like, what is he said? He telegraphed his throw telepathically. Yeah. That's, yeah. uh, I, I, I like, I like it when, when they come up with terms like that. Yeah. But, but he's also a man, um, that is way out of, of situation in that those people lived under the ice in like minus 200 degrees temperature. And he's just, you know, leaving it on the uh, ship, really happy. So I'd layers. like to... No, opposite layers. <laughs> he's got like, he's got, he's he's got like that, that shirt that's under the shirt. It's yeah. just there. It's all breathable. So I, I, can't, I do kind of hope that his episode is next episode. Um, yeah. Because I, I feel we, we need to do him earlier rather than later. Probably. Yes, agreed. I definitely, uh, I'm hoping that we get some real blind, blind, like Zatuichi blind samurai stuff. It's it's worth us, us saying anyway that the um, actor is a blind actor as well. I did. I, oh, is, wait, actually, no, I do remember hearing that a while ago. That was actually something that I was um, trying to look up, but instead it, <laughs> it gave you army hammer. hammer. Yeah, so he's, he's a He's a real-life blind actor. I think he's mainly done stage stuff. So he, he's blind actor, mainly done stage stuff from from what I've I've seen. And this is his first big role, and it, it's it's fantastic getting people who are the disabled in one. Climbing out of my face, or some sorry, carry on. <laughs> I was just saying, it's great getting a a disabled actor to play that character. You yeah. Know, it, because, you know, you don't want someone Jared Lettoing about, and it would be very easy to get someone to Jared Leto and, and pretend to be blind or blind themselves for a day and be let round. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's that's very much like the, the era that we're in, you know, when we when there is a trans uh, character, you know, we are trans, trans actor, you know? There yeah. used to be, there used to be times when, like, you know... Antonio Banderas played a Saudi Arabian man, I believe, in the 13th Warrior. That would not fly today. And that's fine. Um, no. You know, you, we're more well, aware I, of, of, you know. Say again? I, I think, you know, part of the reason they've introduced the, um, from last episode, Nurse Chapel being able to make people look different mm. is so they don't have to do, oh, Spock, he's my Asian friend. <laughs> from TOS because that was you know you watch that now and you go like um, yeah okay. my that's uh, that's mm. one that my uh, my friend who recently watched all of TOS with his girlfriend like that was one when they were like ew yeah. ew it, so it, it it's nicer to sidestep that and I know you could have pretended you know you put a hat on him and pretend he's um human anyway or, or human and white or um, anyway because they did that in the movie or what i would have done in the situation is mm. when the guy says what's with your friend with the pointy ears you say mind your own fucking business you fuck. just you know if you're out on the street if you're not trying to sneak into a high security area like last week you just say he's in fancy dress just say he's a punk or whatever he's this planet's <laughs> version of a punk no, uh, again, just tell them to get fucked. Mm. What's with your friend? Yeah. What's with your friend's ears? What's wrong with your face? Yeah, it's 
what is that? Is it a Mean Girls quote where it's, oh my god, you can't just ask that. You can't just ask why why Vulcan has pointy ears. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, once the ears are under hat, if someone asks, oh, why is your skin slightly green? You just go like, dude, why would you ask that? Shush. Um, what else, what else happens, uh, cold open? So they, Pike's telling the story and, um, it's about him chasing a Narsican with his pants down, which, yeah. um, you know, the, there's probably, um, the start of a, a George Michael, Michael style story at the, at the start of that that we missed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but... yeah. So wait, yeah. That's a good point. Like what, what happened before that? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but the, the point of that story is last, laughing at misfortune or, or that's, you know, Spock's bit, which is, I, I think, very written as TOS Spock. I, yeah. I think whoever, whoever wrote that line is, is great where it's, I, I never saw the point or paraphrasing, I never saw the point in laughing at someone's misfortune. Mm. And then yeah. people explain to him, it's, you know, sometimes things go so bad, you just have to laugh did really really like that yeah. line or that that part of the conversation from spark mm-hmm. we also dip into horrors past mm. uh, more than any time so yeah. she she had a family that taught at nairobi i think it was mm. university or her mother did and maybe her father did and maybe her, her brother went there as well and um, they all died in a shuttle crash she wasn't on the shuttle she survived. She was going to go to university, but decided to um, join Starfleet because her mother liked. She had a, a short stint at Starfleet and enjoyed it. So, Ahura, rather than go to Nairobi University and be reminded about, oh, that that's where my mother yeah, used to have an office before she died. Shit, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Fair enough. You know, that's that's yeah. that's how life works. Sometimes, you know, you you go down a path and then suddenly. Boom. Big big old yeah. change. I was at university during COVID. I was going mm. in a very particular direction. COVID happened. And I ended up here. <laughs> happen. Everything happens for a reason, let's say then. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. Um, I will yeah. say massive deviation from uh, the beta canon. Um in one of the mm. book recommendations I gave you the other week that set kind of Wrath of Khan era, um, yeah. Uhura goes back home and um, sees her whole family again for like like the first or second time since she loses her memory in an episode of TOS. Like, yeah. She loses her memory. She goes back and meets her family. She has zero emotional connection to them. It, like can tell that they have this great emotional yeah. connection to her and she feels so guilty of not being able to reciprocate this feeling she just doesn't go back for years and years and years that's one of my least favorite tos episodes i will say i, I hate how they leave a horror where it's like oh you're a child and let's teach you how to read and then next episode it's like you know by the nature of um, you know, storytelling back then, she's just, you know, shit hot again. Yeah, mate. And you just like, bike. Jesus. Yeah, you know, man, other than, quo. Other than that's my mind explanation of why she can't speak Klingon when it comes to um, Star Trek um, 5, 6, Undiscovered Country, where she needs to reference books to learn how to speak Klingon. Yeah. 
I just go like, well, she did have her mind completely wiped that time. <laughs> yeah, she had to learn everything. Plus, she's like a million years old by that point. She's, <laughs> you mean, know. She should be able to still laugh in Klingon. Well, that's Hate the that one episode. bit that she Hate manages. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> then she's like, louder, louder. More of yeah. a belly laugh. Yeah. I don't know if this is exactly a Kevin Smith reference, mm-hmm. but when he said, when Pike asks her, "Do you speak twelve? You speak twelve languages, right?" and she goes, 37. 37. I immediately was like, "Thirty-seven! Thirty-seven! That is a, a bit of a deep cut Clerks reference. It's a. Um... You might have to explain that to me. It's been a while since I watched Clerks. Um. Well. Oh, no way the, I, I know. 37. My girlfriend, 37 dicks. In a row? 37. Loved it. I don't I don't know if it's exactly a fucking Kevin Smith reference, but I like to think it is. It, it, either way, it's like a nice thing for her character to, oh, to yeah. be this cadet on the ship that says, I don't know if I want to join Starfleet. I'm just here for, because I didn't know where to go, kind of yeah. thing. And, and like, it, it's... Really interesting compared to, you know, and, and Spock is, Spock handles it as, as Spock would, where he says, you know, loads of people are after this role and you've just, you know, decided to come into it sort of thing. Thousands of people are after this position that you're in and you've gone, well, I'm taking this position. Um, that, that's Spock's view of it, that it's not a good utilization of resources because he's, a fucking book. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that that's the thing. Like, it, when someone is in that situation, like, in the real world, from my experience, when someone is like, mm. I don't know if I should really be here, that's, pro- that, that's probably a feeling that is reciprocated by the people around them. But well, how nice is it that Pike says, you know, we, we hope... He, he says something like, um, I sincerely hope that you find your future wherever you fit. And he, he's not saying, well... You're you're wasting time on this ship. He he's just he's about the personal journey and people finding their fit wherever they're yeah. going. Yeah, he's he's and like, that's so nice. Yeah, he's a decent guy. He's he's very um, yeah. He's very empathic or empathetic. Yeah. Like he yeah he's he's not like you know. Whereas Spock is coming from a practicality of like you know conserving mm. resources. Like if you don't think that you should be here. And, you know, down the line, that can result in, you know, doubt and yes, doubt in the yeah. face of, you know, extreme situations can be dangerous. Mm. Whereas Pike's probably just looking at it in terms of like, you're here now. I trust you to do your job. And if yeah. you leave, you leave. Mm. You'll have left grown. You'll you'll be a better person for knowing yourself more from being in this situation even if it isn't the if, right fit for if you. If I've got anything to say about it you will be yeah. a more fully fleshed out human being by the time I see but you gone. Even if, even if you get yourself into a situation where you don't think that you should be then that narrows down the situations that you should be so you know that about yourself from there on that maybe you don't want to be in Starfleet okay you've done this now you've performed well here, but you're not, you know, you don't want to be Starfleet. That's fine. You know, you know now that you're not Starfleet. Um, you know, you don't want to be here. You can go on and do a better thing for you. 
um, which is so nice. And it, I think it's the first time you see that from any captain. Honestly, like, in terms of, like, um, you know, characteristics, you mm. know, Jean-Luc Picard is a explorer and, uh, and, uh, and a, you know, a scientist. Janeway is yeah. a mother. Um, mm. uh, you know, Sisko is a fucking war criminal. Uh, <laughs> Sisko's <laughs> not a war criminal. I'll... Galactic Geneva Convention. Yeah. But Pike's completely selfless. We we see yeah. um after that after this dinner scene, he's, mm. he's having like a, a one one on one with 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 Una and um, They're washing plates. They're yeah. cleaning up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um and and you know, they're talking about it and he's she's like, you know, you can, you can make steps to to avoid this future, but mm. he won't because there are these four. Because he's going to save those four cadets in doing it. And he knows all their names. He recites them by heart. He goes, you know, and they're kids. I, I think that's even more powerful that when he looks them up later, he sees these, you know, eight year olds and eight, nine, ten year olds, and goes, "If I don't." If I don't commit myself to what I've said I would do, these, kids, these kids will die. He's probably got some faulty reasoning that Una is rightly calling him on, in that he could put a call out and say, you know all these uh, Class J starships that we use to train? How about maybe we just do a check on all the engine cores, please? Can we do a, a, mm -hmm. a bi-monthly check just to make yep. sure they're ticking over and yep. not going to explode? Yep. Because <laughs> he's yeah. so selfless. I mean, in, in Disco, they did say it was locked in, and the whole thing about Una saying, oh, just change your fate, or why don't you move to change your fate? That's one of the weaknesses of this episode to me, because we know he's not going to change his fate. Yeah. We know he's going to end up in the BPJ. He's going to be slightly melty on one side of his face. Slightly. Um, well, very melty. He, he's going to be a Cornetto le left out in the sun. Um, on on one side of his face. So only for a bit, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no. He's going to be like that for the rest of his life. He's just going to have the outward appearance and the ability oh, to move around. Suppose, yeah, yeah. But he's always going to be melty faced. Yeah, he'll always be melty faced to me. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Captain me. Melty Face. My man, uh, my man, Melt Face uh, <laughs> will always be melty faced. That that's one of the weaknesses of the episode to me. That it's it's talking about why don't you why don't you change your fate? And that's how the episode leaves off to to skip ahead by massively. Um, he's looking at these people and he's thinking about changing his fate and stuff like that. Um, or that's how it's implied. Just, and you I, go, well, yeah. I know you're not going to change your fate. I know you're going to be Clash Jade Starship Melted Face. Yeah. I kept I kept thinking of um, Terminator Two. No fate, no fate but that which we make. Yeah. Thinking, I mean, we need Sarah Connor to go scratch that into his fucking dining room table. Um, so so we, we find out that the so, comet isn't going to go past um, Persephone Three. It's going to crash into it, kill a couple million people um, who live in the desert or whatever. The plan that they come up with on the spot is what NASA's plan is for if 
not to introduce any existential dread to anyone, but that is NASA's plan for if a asteroid is heading straight to Earth, is to send nuclear warheads to blow up, like to basically the the asteroids coming like this. They would send it, guys to the back end of it, blow up a load of nukes, which pushes it forwards even faster. Hmm. Which, which means that like it'll go. So like instead yeah. of go, you know, Earth going, if it goes faster. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it, it's it's pretty much the same plan. They they they're planning to use ion engines, but because they're the you know Starfleet and stuff like that, and they have yeah, ion engines, they can and just we do it. Yeah, we um, don't have ion engines, so we're using the um, trying. Let's see if I can remember my Kerbal um, space <laughs> building. It, it's nuclear NEVC or something like that, which is just blowing up nukes behind you with a decent yeah. heat shield. So yeah, they're, they're planning to Starfleet is going to fire a couple of iron engines onto the planet or on, onto the comet and move out of the way. They and, try that, and there's a fucking shield. Oh yeah. man, like I, that was a big like what for me. Yeah, I definitely had the same Love face that. as as everyone else on the bridge. It, it's nice being at the same level as the story, so yeah. you're finding stuff out as the story. You know, the characters in the story find stuff out. So, you know, you're not running ahead of them too much. You're not waiting, you know, you're not scratching your head waiting for people to hug stuff out or whatever. The story is evolving at a pace, yeah, you know, like that leading, you're happy leading right up to that. Like, everyone's mm. just like, yeah, let's just stick a couple of them things. Pike's like, man, I love mm. this job. Which This is going to be easy. Yeah. We're going to be out of here in no time. And then just, oh, well, that, that's, that's, yeah. not, that's, that's not how that's supposed to happen. This is a very, a very um, TOS because I don't think TNG would try and save those people as well. Oh, there'd be a um, there would be a very long discussion with a time yeah. traveler about whether well, or not I'm thinking the next of, Hitler is on that planet. Yeah, do you, do you remember the episode where? Um, but it, it's the one where Data's got a pen pal. I I, I don't do episode titles that much, um, but Data's got a pen pal who messages him and he just randomly starts replying and it finds out it's a little girl on a planet that is going to blow itself up and she eventually asks for help and then they have a a meeting in the ready room going like should we help this civilization or should we not Um, and it's a, a first contact it's a general order one it's a prime directive sort of story and we don't do any of that here because you know, they they just plan to not be noticed by the civilization. So, like, kind of um, the start of Into Darkness, where they'll just be like, "Oh, we'll, we'll just drop something in this volcano. We'll get out of there. No one will see us. It'll be fine." That that's their kind of plan for this, where they're like, "No, we we save civilizations if we can." It's it is it's it's not so much cowboy diplomacy, but it is um, yeah. you know cow, cowboy, I guess. What's what's the word for when people do things for other people? Oh, the altruism. They're cowboy altruism. What's the word yeah. when people do things for <laughs> other people for no reason? <laughs> I um, can't remember the nice words. I can only remember the nasty words. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm very negatively focused. So where do we get up to? So, um, um, so the shields block the iron engines um, and they start coming up with a different plan 
which is how about we just shoot the shields? They they say harmonic shields of the uh, shield harmonics were going to break through, um, and harmonics comes in later, so it's probably you know worth shouting out that Ortegas is you know saying we just shoot this at the right frequency and the shields will come down because it's you know what an older shield. They do that, ship comes out. Um, or, no, first, oh, sorry, I've, I've skipped a whole bit. First, I've, I've skipped a whole bit. First, they have the ready room. Yeah, first they have the ready room. Sam Kirk comes in as a xenobiologist um, because there's this alien structure on the comet. They bring Ahura in because it's her foot. She's up on the rotor for next away mission, which apparently there's a rotor for that. <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense, and it's alien languages, so it's all good. And Spock and Lan. Yeah. 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 So they say, you know, have you ever seen um, a civilization? They say to Sam Kirk, have you ever seen a civilization on a comet? Sam says no. They agree eventually that they can beam down because the shields aren't going to stop an aggressive, a non-aggressive act. Beam down, work out what's happening on this bloody comet. Lan, Spock, um, Uhura, Sam Kirk, beam down onto it. They've got a, a slightly different EV suit than um, Discovery, which is nice because it has the colours on. Yes. Um, Discovery was different in that they had undersuit colours, the generic top was generic, whereas this, it's a generic underbottom, but a coloured top, which... Great. Which, great. you know, like, because, like, that's the tech bit, and yeah. presumably different divisions need different tech. Mm. You know? Makes sense. Yeah, I, I, do, I, I do like it. I, I, I quite liked the, um, the moment with Pike being like, you know, I'm starting to like the moustache. Yeah. Quite obviously lying... <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the actor, um, whoever he is, but I can't grow a great moustache. I've done it many times for Movember. That is sort of my attempt at a moustache. It, it's not a great one. It's not a Henry Cavill, you know, king of moustaches. No, no, nah. Um, see, I'm, I'm kind of, see, I'm kind of jealous of, I'm kind of jealous of of Sam Kirk in that, like, kind of like, yeah. I, I can grow a more full mustache, but it mm. is like blonde, like same, which is not yeah. my hair color. I have done in the past for um, for Movember as a younger and um, more more self conscious man than I am now, um, just for mend my mustache, which you don't want to do because it's constantly roots. You know, it grows a day, and you see like root of a, a blonde hair and then it's just black at the end of it or whatever. It's not worth it. Trust me, Baz. Live with your blonde moustaches. <laughs> good good to know. I've often thought it, it's not worth no, it. Trust okay. me, mate. Um, I, won't, I won't bother. <laughs> but they, they beam down. Um, George Kirk is a bit of a, a Kirk and he says, why don't I touch this thing? There's this egg in the middle of a room and because we live apparently Push in the... that button. Well, he, he must live... He's watched Alien or um, um, whatever Covenant too many times. And he's just... He sees the egg in the middle of a room and goes like, 
I want to touch this. <laughs> you know, you know. He, he tests the room as well. You know, he's saying, Uhura, what do you think? What do you think these markings are? Step yeah, a bit closer. Yeah. What are you? You know, right, I'll do it. Do you think these markings on it are a code? Okay, great. I'll go up and touch it. What do you guys do? Yeah, let's go. Let's go poke it. And he gets rightly shot to shit. Yeah, they, room. Yeah, um, and dies. Classic Sam Kirk lying on the floor dead. He's not dead. He dies he, for a minute. Well, he dies for a minute. I'm just, yeah, he goes into cardiac Sam arrest. Sam Kirk's always dying. Yeah. I hope every episode they just nearly kill Sam Kirk. Yeah, I, could live, I, could like, I hope that. they do a like, oh my god, you killed Sam Kirk. <laughs> again. No, oh, no. Back again. Ah, oh, here he goes. Yeah. Laying on the floor dead. Again. Back to work, crewman. Yeah. Um. And, and as a as a minor point of me going like, that's weird. That works. They Spock defibs him, um, defibrillates him through his EV suit. He like attaches his thing, and it just shocks him through the suit. Which to me, imagine if you're in a you know. 100% electric environment in an EV suit, that would stop your heart then. I would think that these EV suits were built to, like, maybe have some sort of defense against electricity. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But that's when the shields go up, um, where I skipped to before, where the shields are up, Pike and the crew can't transport them back to the Enterprise, Ahura, Lan, Spock, and a unconscious George Sam Kirk are on the asteroid... And, oh, my God, what's going to happen here? Act break. You know, danger break. Everyone has adverts. Um, let's sell some toys. Yeah, I hear that, like, there are still adverts on Paramount+, Plus, even though people are paying for that subscription. That yeah. is a kick in the nuts. Like, that is... That's bullshit. I will live with... When, when Paramount... Plus comes out in the UK. I will buy it and I will live with it, um, you know, reasonably happy. And and I I don't know then whether I will still keep putting links up in the group, even when you know Strange New Worlds or anything season two comes out, um, because I think what once we do have the chance to buy it, we should probably buy it. And, and five five pound five dollar or whatever it is per month isn't that expensive. In in my mind, I weigh up whether Netflix at four times the price of of getting a constant new Star Trek show that I'm probably interested in or going to watch it is is that much worth it. And I think I should probably probably be not happy enough to pay the five pound a month, but I should you know, five pound a month isn't a lot, but I do it think is, it's it enough that you maybe shouldn't have to also watch ads. Yeah, where were we? So they they can't beam out, so they need to work out um, on the ship. So the story kind of divides then into the on the ship story and the on the comet story for a bit. On the ship, Pike is uh, trying to work out how to get his crew back because he doesn't like the stuck away, obviously. Ortegas comes up with a plan that says, you know, the shield harmonics... We um, we get our phases working at the same harmonics as the shield. We can punch through very easily. Pike says, yeah, cool. I like it. It's a good plan. I like the plan. He even says something to that effect. 
let's go with it. And the, they they do it, and they poke the bear in a way. Yeah. They, um, the meteors can... got mates. Yeah, they've got people escorting the meteor. Um, maybe cloaked because where the fuck were they? Yeah, beforehand? like how the fuck? Who just fired at us? The the people right in front Massive of you. Fuck off, thing. Yeah, where was this hiding? Um, like it's like you do see like a drastic shift in Pike. Like he immediately is like, now I'm pissed. Who the fuck just yeah, fired yeah. at us? What's going on? But the ship is pointed at the other ship when he when you see an outside shot like a second later. And it's pointing at the shepherd ship. And you go, maybe you should have seen that out the big window that you have right in front of you. Um, you know, I'm not trying to say anything about you, but you, there's a big window. Um, yeah, but like they were looking over here. Yeah. The yeah. ship was like, they're really, they're really like here. And they were yeah, looking over yeah. here. Oh, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> I don't have depth perception or like. Great yeah. job, guys. Who's on mm. who's on navigation? Like who's Yeah. Who's not paying attention? So we we find out that this the ship, this massive ship is called or or the, the race that's on it calls themselves shepherds. Or oh, it's loosely translated. Loosely, to loosely translated as shepherds. And they're escorting what they call the Mharnet, I think it was. I think yeah. it was. Uh, which is, which is what they call the the comet. And they call it an arbiter of life. They call it him. You know, to them, it's a god, as you say. And they think, oh, well, he just goes where he wants to go. And if his will is to crash into this planet, it's to crash into this planet. And you can't do anything about it. Even if he blows himself up, that's his will. Yeah, My fine. secular Whatever. ass was fucking teeming at that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But like I could go on a fucking rant for hours of like I I believe one hundred and ten percent in anyone's religious freedoms. Mm-hmm. However, your religious freedom ends where my my secular freedom begins. Yeah. There's a yeah. saying: you can swing your fists around as much as you want, but your freedom to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. You know what? You know what's interesting that didn't factor into this at all is uh, Disco Season 2, um, Another Eden, I think the episode was called. And I say I can't remember episode names, but I just watched Disco like a week ago. <laughs> um, is the episode with the church on a random planet that's took away in the in the World yeah. War Three, And we learn in that that Pike's um, father taught comparative religion, whatever subject that is, so Pike is a not a religious fellow, but he um, he he doesn't devalue religion, or he understands that people are religious, and he doesn't um, turn them down for that. Um, you know, as as long as they don't get in his way, really. As well, one should not. Mm. You mm. know, the world and obviously in the galaxy is filled with many many different types of people. Yeah. You know, you have to, you know, afford people a degree of freedom in how they express mm. their spirituality. Yeah. But as yeah. I say, when your when your freedom of of religion um, butts up against someone else's 
both be both of you need to just take five yeah and and work out where the boundary is and uh, and establish a hard boundary but i think it was interesting how it didn't factor into this episode at all yeah. in my opinion that that pike is a he understands religion he's got these very religious people with him uh, or against him and other than would have been it would have been an interesting thing to 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 engage in debate but like uh yeah i think i don't know i don't i can't see um star trek getting into the same kind of debates that i get into online i think that the main reason they did it this way that they did it was it was because it was in a horror episode not a pike episode so pike kind of takes a, a second seat and things happen you know the crew gets themselves out of that comet the crew works you know out the solution themselves it's the an Uhura slash the crew episode rather than a Pike episode. He's a he's a, a second character rather than a, a primary character in most of it, other than when he's discussing dead kids. And like you say, it is an Uhura episode and mm-hmm. um and the crew do get themselves out and it is Uhura who, you know, going from I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be here uh, to mm-hmm. literally saving the day. And she does. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're down on the asteroid and they start kind of figuring out, you know, she's humming along. Which is a good piece because they already establish in Pike's quarters that she has a nervous, a sort of nervous tick where she hums the songs. Of, she's not just you know, humming for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. When she's, she, she's, when she's, you know, when she's, she's nervous, she's narratively within the episode. Yeah, yeah. And Pike notices and says, you know, this ship bloody glows. I don't see why anyone else doesn't see it. This ship glows when you hum. Um, please, please keep humming or think that it responds to music or tonal sorts of pieces. And that that's the crux for them, which helps a horror say, well, these markings aren't a code. It's music stuff. And there's a bit of back and forwards between her and Spock on, um, oh, music does this and notes do this and whatever. A lot of music nerds are going to be like, totally, man, it's like mathematical, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's how maths works. It's the representation of maths. And music the theory mind. nerds yeah. are going yeah. to love that. That whole bit where he's like, timesing time signatures by mm-hmm. each other or something like three, times three fifths is fucking octave like how are yeah. you doing yeah, mathematics yeah. with with music notes but presumably that can be done well it, it's good as well it, it it minorly establishes that the reason vulcans like music is because it's mathematically pleasing. So the reason, well, so the reason why mentions that like that that's like a Vulcan theory on why pe- why people like music, yeah. and that yeah. totally makes sense to me. Yeah, well, there, there's a, a, a general theory anyway that I've read separate to Star Trek at some point, and it's on chord pro- progression, and it's saying there are chord progressions that we like because they are pleasing mathematically where there are chord progressions that we don't use and don't like because they aren't pleasing mathematically. So it all links into that. But it explains as well, like, why in TOS um, he's playing the harp 
and he's doing all that stuff because it's it's pleasing to the ear still for Falcons. They aren't this weird cut-off race. Um, we can still have them have something that's pleasing to them, and they're trying to work that out with logic, but it, it's still pleasing to them. That's, that's the thing. It's like the, there's the quote from Spock in The Undiscovered Country when he says, logic is the beginning of wisdom. And it, mm. and you know and I think about the quote from in, from British Sarek in two thousand nine where he's he's like like mm. Vulcans do have emotions yeah we yeah. just work very very hard to 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 control mm. them you know and like yeah they're they're not fucking robots that's how you can tell like a a good Vulcan actor from a bad one because whenever they talk about it behind the scenes or you know in interview. So, um, can I remember the Tuvok actor name? Um, Tuvok. Tim Ross. Actor. Tim Ross, of course, uh, says an in interview, um, you know, everyone assumes Vulcans are emotionless and they're not. It's all about having very strong emotions, but you're, you're suppressing them constantly. And that's a good Vulcan actor compared to a, a Vulcan actor that says, you know, oh no, it's just emotionless. And you go like, no, it's not. You know, you've missed you've missed a core idea of of the part you're playing here. Um, but yeah, um, there was there was a in the um, I'm reminded just now. I've been trying to find where I read this, um, mm. but in the plans for Star Trek Phase Two which eventually mm. became the motion picture. It was going to be the Vulcan character of Zahn, yeah. who when, yeah. they, when they made TNG, you know, Zahn evolved into Data. And Zahn was going to be a full-blooded Vulcan who understood that the reason why Spock was such a good Starfleet officer was because of mm. his, you know, inadvertent connection with his emotions. Yeah. And so... Yeah. You know, Data is an android who is seek, seeking to become more human, and that that comes from Zahn being a Vulcan, trying to sort of have a different relationship with his emotions in order to become a better Starfleet officer. You know, it's uh, it's a nuance. Yeah, and didn't he turn out to be? I don't know if it was the same actor or, or not, but that character. Um, renamed because it wasn't Zahn in TMP. He got melted. He died he got, instantly yeah, he got melted. in a transport. Yeah. No, the, the, yeah, that is kind of... Kirk says, I, I want this ship ready in an hour. Um, then Beam he, these two he... guys up, get them to stand real close to each other so that, <laughs> so that we can conserve resources. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever the fuck happened there. Yeah, like... yeah. And then half an hour later, he's shitting on... Um, McCoy for not wanting to get in a transporter. It's like no, McCoy's a hundred percent right. Just thought, he's got a point. You know yeah, what, yeah. what do you mean? You melted these two people together. You know, you took over the controls. Maybe those scenes were supposed to be in the other order. Yeah, and yeah. like there would have been another scene where like Kirk comes out of the transport room and he's like, "Bones, I take back everything I said." Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Disco Bones. Uh, <laughs> oh, love that outfit. Yeah, the medallion, right, um, but right. but the actor who was going to play Zon, he plays um, a guy on a view screen who's like, "There's something in space. It's coming for the station. We're all going to get fucking digitized." In, uh, in TMP, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I, I might know the look of the actor. I, I did watch the TMP 4K. Um, How was it? A couple of weeks ago. It, it's very nice. Um, you actually get to see the ship going over. Because in my mind, when when the likes of Eagle Moss release the ship, or I see schematics of the ship, and it's this weird thing Vija. that bulges. bulges. Yeah, Vija, and it, it's a straight line, and then it bulges, and it's a straight line again. I never, that's my, never my impression when I watch the film. But in the TMP re-release, you do get to see that. It's big, isn't it? Oh, it's big. It's big. The other um, thing that I wanted to mention um, mm. with Uhura, um, with her uh, humming and, you know, them realizing that, the you know, the tones, that again is another, I feel is another callback to that book. I need yeah, to remember really. the name of it. So I, I think that the, the Uhura singing was the thing I, I was uh, hinting at before that I, I had on my bingo but forgot to say last week. So, oh, I, so right. I, I just had Aurora sing. singing because right. because the actress, um, whatever her name is, it's Celia something Gooding, is a is a musical actress, um, and I was thinking they brought on this actress who sings for Aurora who sang once or twice, you know, or two or three times during the TOS and the TMP movies, I think that they're going to have her sing with Spock at some point or encourage Spock to sing. And I w wish I'd said it because I was like, there needs to be, I think they'll try and set up her singing with Spock where he's playing the harp and she's singing at him in TOS. And I had it in my mind. I didn't say it. Is it, it in, in the episode, isn't she days. like, "Come on, Spark, you have a nice singing voice, can yeah. you?" Yeah, yeah. Don't she make him? Don't she make him sing? I know she gets him to I play the lute. I don't, I don't know if he sings. He he he, he, he just, he plays, just the, plays the the harp or whatever. I don't think he sings. Is it a harp or a lute? Well, well, it, it's it's a something. It's a very small harp or it's a harp. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering. Big lute. But yeah, that was on my on my bingo list. I wish I'd said it. I had it down. I forgot to say it. So the book, Living Memory, it okay. is okay. like the the resolution of that whole story. It is mm. like it is um it's it is to do with a tune that Uhura is humming that yeah. she's yeah. you know, that she just kind of has in the back of her mind and then this resonance that's popping up all over the universe and it matches that tune that she has in her mind and she's going around okay. to all the places where it's popping up she's kind of tracking down this mystery yeah i think it's definitely a bit of a callback to that but i think that they in killing off her parents i think that they might be um kind of trying to get rid of i don't know personally i feel like they're trying to get rid of that book stop people from going and reading it and especially going and listening to the audiobook because like i said to you at that time that audiobook has a very a few very egregious examples of a white man doing various different accents vague african accent japanese it's, it's, accent it's not it's jimmy not doing jimmy doing is it because he no, did a couple no, of the no. um audiobooks and he did accents um for a lot of it oh, no no it's, um, it's not jimmy doing doing it but like yeah it is a uh, it's 
It's the ear wrong. Yeah. But I, I, I do, do you particularly care that they're killing off some of the um, beta cannon? Absolutely not. The no, beta cannon no. just killed itself off in in that like yeah, three yeah, thing. Coda, they, yeah. they did. Yeah. They did. A, they did a, a fucking Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. They've, they've condensed it all down into the prime timeline. I mean, I, think, I mean, anyway, yeah, I yeah. I'm gonna finish the third book. That that was my understanding of it. Anyway, I've got it on my to read list. I, I'm reading Dune, as you know, at the moment. Um, Good. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not. I'm not audio booking it as you suggested. I'm, I'm reading, you got I'm it. reading it. Take, um, like a, 50 pages take 50 pages no time at all. Yeah. Yeah. I like, no time I like at all. reading. You don't have to flip to the to the to the encyclopedia at the back or anything. Ah, oh, I'm not flipping to an encyclopedia. Um, but uh, to me, it's like um, Star Wars Legends, where you just go, you know, these things are just people, things other people tell each other. So in, in the Star Trek universe, maybe some people underneath Captain Uhura, because we know she gets eventually gets her own ship. Um, they tell, you know, cadets, oh, she re- forgot her memory once, and what she did was this, and that's just the beta canon version of it. And you just go, well, fine. I don't mind if beta canon dies, or some of it dies. History documentaries are full of disinformation mm. a lot mm. of the time, you know. I've seen some stuff for where I'm just going, that didn't happen. Yeah, that, that's that's just the way of the world, you know, just the way of the world. Um, so I, I don't mind if um, some of it starts getting killed off, especially if we're going to tell stories in this time period, you're going to have to butt up against memory beta because every single second is written in memory beta. You know, the, these people haven't tied their shoes without it being written. It's, it's an undertaking. Yeah, that's why I want to write Voyager, the Forgotten Years, or the 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 first journey home, because that has no other than one or two bits in Endgame has no bits of history that you need to butt up against. Hey, and if Perfect. anything, you may you you like they may have to take the memory beta servers down while they fucking rewrite everything. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm sorry, we're down for maintenance because of this fucking book by Mike Smart. One day, one day. <laughs> so we're now we're we're having we're having a bit of a battle. We're having a bit of a battle mm. with um, space precinct people, with yeah. space precinct shepherds. Um, and I've got in my notes here that the screens are having a very interesting glitch, kind of like an RGB yeah. glitch. Makes me think like, are these digital flat screens from the early 2000s is that what they've got on 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 the ship because i definitely prefer you know tos has touch buttons like um fruit pastels you know glued to some wood and i think if the screens mess up that badly i prefer fruit pastels yeah because... <laughs> you know clunk 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 are you is your keyboard do you have a chunky keyboard are you a chunky let, keyboard? Let's guy? see if I can move it up. Um, oh, there you go. There you go. Knock over the iPhone. I've got, I've got a chunky yeah, keyboard. Big chunky keyboard. Yeah. Just because, just because it's, yeah. it's, I find it much easier to type when you've got some travel in keys. Um, I uh, see. I, I, I like. I kind of. I kind of need. I require the opposite. I kind of require a slim keyboard because, like, mm. I'm, my hand-eye coordination not so good. 
big clunky keys, I type so I I, I hit them all. Yeah, I hit all yeah. of the keys. But either way, can you imagine the horror of typing on like an iPad screen if the iPad split into RGB? You'd be like, nope, <laughs> giving up this. You'd push away your chair and be like, no, I'm, I'm done for the day. I'm sorry, Mr. Pike. Um, my screen is going mental. I'm maybe maybe that. that's what the the RGB glitch is uh, reminiscent of mm. of the uh, of the of the multicolored fruit pastels. Yeah. Did you did you notice this episode that Una um, and I suppose it was a tablet established in the cage. She's the most functional um, crew member. So whenever anyone isn't in their particular seat, she takes over um navigation i think she does or ops or wherever and when uh uhura has gone and someone else is in that seat but then they're trying to work something out una takes that seat when it comes to oh no it's actually this song from uh at some point una just una just moves seats she is the most functional member of that crew yeah she's a deputy manager yeah, that's that's what deputy managers do. We're 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 down a man in the kitchen. We need you. We need you to get stuck in. Or front of houses, they're in the weeds. But, but, <laughs> but I need you behind the bar. TOS would never do that. Spock no, wouldn't no, jump no. on. Spock wouldn't push no. a horror to the side. He's a specialist. Yeah, he's a specialist. Una is a generalist. Yeah, yeah, or a very smart generalist. Or potentially an android, which is which is I think where Gene Roddenberry originally wanted to go with with mm. number one. Again, where, where I can't think, remember where, where I remember where, reading where, that. We're mid episode now. Episode now where but do where think? do you think Una will end up if we actually get to the point in, in a couple of years' time? What happened to Una after mm. after like the cage? And like to be honest, even though like she was fairly central to the plot last week, and you know they they have that you mm. know uh, moment in this episode, like we are still you know we know who Una is. Um, but we we don't know what her deal is. No, what is her deal? And and maybe we'll get a Nooner episode along with everyone else. Um, hopefully after Hammer. Um, but I I can see her kind of leaving with Pike if you know everything happens, or, or being the person to support Pike because she's. You know, cleaning the dishes with him. She's, you know, sitting with him in the evening. You know, I, I'm not one for. Okay, we'll, we'll get we'll get to it when we get to it. But I, I've got something else to say about Una and Pike's conversation okay. later in the episode. Uh, I've got it even noted in my notes. Um, you, you, it's it's such a ridiculous note that when we get to it, you're gonna you're gonna pass it off. Uh, but I, I want to rant about Una, dude. I, like I've had to really think about like my note taking because well, last week, like I was looking at a note that just read, "I know that face." I'm looking at it thinking, "What the fuck?" I still don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I I know the face, and I I haven't looked at the cast or anything like that, and I don't think it's probably been released. Maybe I could look at the end of the episode cast list of. You know the um, species on Persephone Free. There's the main female-looking um, whatever it is, whatever species it is. I'm sure I know her. I know her face under makeup, and I can't place her. 
and I, I'll, I'll work it out after this. I, I won't, I won't go hunting now, but I know her face. I know the the movement of her face, and I think she's probably a trek alone. I just can't, I just can't face it. Did I know? Yeah. But anyway, where were we? Um, Ohura sings to the the thing, yep. drops the shields. They get beamed up. And then they are magically on the bridge within seconds. Within like two seconds, they're on the bridge. Yep. Fast. No idea. It's them suits. Streamlined. Low air resistance. Yeah. No. I I think that's just somewhat bad bad plotting, probably. Which which puts... It's one of the things that puts last episode above this episode for me, is that they beam over... And then it cuts to a, a danger break again, a, a trip, you know, an advert break. But then it cuts back to the exact same time. And then all those cast members are on the bridge. Lana's on the bridge, Spock's on the bridge, Uhura's on the bridge. And it's been two seconds in real time. And you go like, hmm, they could have transported there, but that seems, you know, a bit crazy. Um, but you know, again, if I'm pointing out that sort of ridiculous sort of minutiae shit, it must be a reasonably good episode. If I'm having to, yeah, yeah, like you know, my my only like gripes with the um, with the with the actual episode mostly relate to the to how the shepherds were received. You know, I know if I, if, yeah. if it yeah. was. If I was captain of the ship, I'd have just been like, sorry, mate, don't work like that. But Pike's a very, um, he's not necessarily a personable guy, but he's cognitive of religion still. He's still employing the same thoughts of Starfleet on, you know, how you should treat others. You know, he's doing all that in most of his actions through this episode, he he's still trying to, he does the old, you know, and I never like it where it's mute the screen and I'll walk away and, and chat to my team and walk back and say, you know, even in Wrap Up Calm where it's like, oh, we're working on it, Calm. Like, okay, why did you mute the screen for 10 seconds and then chat yeah. to Spock? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid. The Galaxy Quest definitely did better when he's yeah, like, cut yeah. it. She's like, totally... I think Gary's talking. The guy's still watching. Yeah, I I, I never get that really. Um, but it, I I think he he works reasonably well in this episode, considering this episode's focus isn't him. Yeah. Um, but but they get back to the ship. Um, and, and then we have we have a little we have a they fight we have a fight yeah, yeah. we have yeah. a space yeah. fight and we get some fucking slick moves. From Ortegas using the full 360 degrees of space that they have around them. Yeah. Um, Nice fucking moves. Nice Mm. flying, man. Totally. Yeah. Going going into the trail of the fucking meteor. You know, all that shit as well. Um, It's one of the late or one of the last shots of that scene or one of that last shots of the action scene where the Enterprise isn't being fired on anymore, but it is moving through the asteroid and you're following it from behind. That's how I played with the Hot Wheels TOS figure as a child, where looking at it from behind and just going like... Yeah, totally. You know, that's a hero shot. You know, I wasn't too concerned or I wasn't like, whoa, about the 
Ortega's move about spinning round and then flying over. Um, but when it had that following behind through the asteroid, I was like, that's the hero shot of this episode for the Enterprise. See, that's more creative than I ever was with the ship. I'm, I'm a big fan of just like, just kind of going like, Oh, you got a big D. <laughs> just go yeah. like that. The nacelles over there somewhere, but this, mm. yeah, this this toy, um, when it has batteries, it has an idle noise, like it has a just, yeah, which is fucking ridiculous. So you can just go. <laughs> I've got my um, not toys that they're models made to scale. Um, the Eagle Moss, uh, all the Enterprises, all, all the mainline Enterprises, NX2E, um, in in another room here. Um, and that is I've exactly how this, I play with it. I've still got this TOS. To I've got this TOS Enterprise to build. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, God. So daunting. I almost, it's so daunting, I almost want to just put these up on the wall mm. <laughs> like just do that if anyone if anyone like um i know eagle moss is now making the gold models but someone should make the gold models to scale or the models to scale because i i'd quite like a the set of enterprises as as you see them get bigger and longer and you know thicker and then thin again like in yeah like like in the like in the um not the ready room is it the ready room what what's the conference room on yeah. enterprise d could it or, or even or, or the, the the enterprise e the one no that like when yeah. sure looks smashes the, up his little ships the enterprise e has two versions of it they have all the ships hanging that um he smashes up and then you see it for about two seconds in nemesis where they're all sitting like this on a wall um at once and it's quite nice but it, but it, it, it'd, be, nice. it'd be very nice if eagle moss just sold you've got the you've got the models of them just sell the ready room wall to somewhat scale printed that's out a set. that's that's money set. that's yeah that's, because that's otherwise, easy money because otherwise, I'm having to buy all them, then put them through a bandsaw or whatever to cut them in half very carefully, then try and um, stick them to a wall. And it, it's a hell of an investment to make um, to, to try and remake the wall. I've fallen across another note that I cannot decode. Gave it a go? Who gave what a go? Gave it a go. It's after nice moves, Ortega's. So, what happens after Ortega and, so and their Ortega's moves? moves in. So, Ortega's moves in. Um, Spock at some point gets left behind in a shuttle, a Galileo re, re, restyled Galileo shuttle. Sneaky little move. Sneaky yeah. little move. Yeah. He's going to drop, drop, drop this guy out. Like... <laughs> Doing a um, empire sort of trick. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. Saturday, like, yeah, uh, just Astra. flowing out with the trash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's give it a go? No idea. No idea what give it a go is. Someone gave something a go anyway. Yeah. 
Well, one of my notes that we've skipped along, and it, it's only for me, was the um, the egg in the middle of the room opened like a Terry's chocolate orange. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, where you bang orange a Terry's chocolate orange and like, kind of goes like, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, that, that was my fun. That was my fun. The resolution comes about where they basically try and get the meteor to move itself out of the way. Yeah. So what what they do is leave Spock behind in a Galileo style shuttle. He he rides out and he says, you know, why don't we make it move itself? So he's going to melt away part of the uh, comet to change its gravity to make it move itself. That's the bit of the episode I didn't particularly like. Okay. I don't think it was produced well um, or at all. <laughs> you know, if if they could have done that earlier, they probably should have done that earlier rather than just fire iron it, iron engines at it. Yeah. Um. So, and they 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 put the ship, Pike puts the ship in the in the place where they ask for help from the shepherds, and I didn't mind that. Um, where he says, you know, uh, if you if you don't help us, the comet is going to hit us and explode because of our engine. If you do shoot us, it's going to explode our engine and blow up the asteroid or blow up the comet that you worship. So you need to help us. So they're encouraging, yeah, they're encouraging the shepherds to help, which is is great. Yeah, that's a good. That's uh, that's cl- that's good. Like trek logic of like, yeah. you know, you know, in getting getting them to reach across the table to us. Yeah, I, you know, I, if I, they're I not like receiving that. us, let's get them to. To 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 uh, to want to be received. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like that, but it, in the meantime, where where Spock is flying the Galileo shuttle on the surface of the comet with his engines cooking to try and melt part of it off to change the course of it, I didn't think that was particularly well done. Uh, yeah, like you uh, say, if that was a thing you could have done, you could have done that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> well, they wanted to go down. That's it. It's yeah, cowboy, cowboy, yeah. cowboy exploration. Yeah, and, and I get that. You you kind of would want to explore this this comet that has a apparently ancient civilization. And, it's, and it was cool. Like when it. they got down to the planet, you know, you know, you see it when they're having their their space battle. Mm. All that shit's flying off the fucking asteroid. When they go down to the asteroid, like there's there's little bits of dust flying like, up. It looks like it's, it's like snowing upwards. Snow. Yeah, yeah, it's that's so exactly cool. What I thought. Yeah, yeah, written down here. Yeah. <laughs> it's snowing up. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it's nice seeing like those sort of interesting visuals because um, we've seen now probably this is the first series that's come out since we had that video on top of that comet. That um, or maybe Picard came out after it. Um, that the in in real life that ship from Earth landed on the comet and had a a ten second video of the top of being landed on a carpet comet, and you're like, that's kind of like what we saw here today. You know, that, that's that's sort of great stuff. So I I loved all of that really. You know, I, I have no bones about that. Science is that. cool. <laughs> I like science, as uh, Spock would say. 
Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's very. Yeah. I think he has that on a t-shirt. Mm. He he says something like that in in Disco season two. Um, unfortunately, uh, the um, so the shepherd's help. Yeah. Um, resolution is had. The day is saved. Hmm. Um, the 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 actress that you can't remember hugs their daughter. Yeah. Um, all all is well, and we Spock, get Spock is laughing that. Um... Although yeah. he managed to do it, he 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 uh, gave it a go. Uh, that's what that's what gave it a go was about. Yeah, because he okay. laughed. Yeah. Okay, he's like, yeah. think, he's like yeah. I'll give that a go. Ha ha. Yeah. Linking <laughs> back very... into so early yeah. in the episode where it is, you know, saying yeah. about, saying about sometimes things go so wrong you have to laugh. Yeah, no, I'd um, give love, and it is a very like ha 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Fucking mm. steel trap, mate. Nothing leaves. It just gets lost. Got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we get this. We get another uh, like like a debriefing scene. Well, we find out that the water on the planet before the debrief scene. We find out the water on the from the comet or the bit that Spock chipped off. You know, ice school. You know, in hand, chisel in hand seeded the planet causing it to rain causing it to sprout new life and everyone's like you know fantastic we've we're, we've brought life to this planet which kind of makes them kind of forget about the life that was already there we've brought more life to this planet or we've furthered this life on this planet kind of um and then they do the briefing scene which is and and uhura informs them that like the computer, I guess, the computer god that exists within the asteroid meteor, um, like, planned for Spock to come and chip that big bit off. Or is foretold. They say it was a, yeah. a knowledge. old knowledge. Um, um, kind of brushing up against, like, theory of, like, panspermia, mm. where, like, you know, I, I, I totally thought that they were going to say, and if, in fact, if we go back in the Meteor's logs, um, the Comet, Children yeah. of the Comet, if we go back in the Comet's logs, we see it here flying past Earth billions of years ago. I thought I thought we yeah, were going to yeah. get that. We didn't. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought you know, it, I don't know. Kind of... it, it, it's clever in that overall it mirrors... Pike again, in that he has foretold knowledge about his death, and we see this foretold knowledge from the comet knows what it's going to do or what its job is, and its job is to seed this planet or to help seed this planet to to make it a more viable planet. But yes, yeah. Um, so I think that that's very clever in that you link in again foretold fates from from pike and the comet and you know it's it's all very clever i think um so you know we, we get to that point where it's we we know the comet has kind of like said way before spock 
uh, chiseled a, a part of it off to say, well, you're going to chisel a part of me off and I'm going to fly past this planet and seed it. Um, then we go into Una and Pike again. And the, the part of Una that annoys me in this episode, and it is, do you want to know the smallest thing that could possibly annoy someone in an episode of anything ever? Okay, I'm going to put a visual pick up for you here. So um, Una has like a um, a coaster next to her and she puts a drink on a coaster like this. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Come on, she puts man. A... I'm just like, Una, that's like 70% of that drink is on a coaster. How about like, have you ever seen how coasters work before? And it's such a small thing, but that's how like my mind works sometimes. I'm just like, Una, you're the best at everything, but please Come on, man. fucking drink on a coaster once. I, like, this should have would have been funny to have. But like, that's, like, that's such a small thing for me. Should just don't pipe go, um, just move it. Yeah. I mean, God only knows why they would use coasters in the future, because presumably all the wood is unstainable anyway. But never mind, I don't care. It was just that it's it's when you see people do stuff slightly wrong in TV. Um, that's not how humans human. That's not how humans work. Um, and for whatever reason, that annoyed me. And most of the time, I don't use coasters at home. There are many a beer can sitting on a unpaid council tax bill at the moment and just a plain table um, next to me. And I'm, I'm fine with that. But when you use a coaster, try and put your drink 100% on the coaster. Yeah, man. Idiot. Yeah, man. Um, I've worked in bars for 14 years. That's what they're yeah. there for. Yeah. So that, again, I'm finding, minor, I'm finding minor annoyances in the episode because it's a strong episode. If it yeah. was a weak episode, cool. I'd find bigger annoyances, but I'm not. Overall, yeah. my Again, like, the only gripe that I have with the episode is is just the, the reception of these religious zealots. I um, and then the the resolution that kind of implies that the religious zealots were right. Um, mm, which yeah, I, maybe it's just maybe it's just maybe that's just me and uh, my. I think they they try and cover themselves on that because. They, they kind of say at some point that it, it's maybe the religion, or they say they can't remember why they started following this comet or, yeah. or started to believe this comet was on a track that it knew exactly what it was doing. But they do follow it and whatever. And we know apparently this comet has foretold knowledge about its fate or the fate of what is going to happen to it, apparently, for whatever reason, who cares? I don't know. So for all we know, the species that made that comet told them. And it's been so long ago that they just follow that comet because they're idiots. They're not great at passing down knowledge and they just follow it because they've been told to follow it because that's what they do. Yep, well, that's, yeah. That... It, it sums um, up a lot of religion, if yep, we're honest. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, a common, um, yeah. in fact, a, a debate that I got into, well, I say a debate, a bit of a yeah. spat online that I got into recently was a guy asking, why do people claim that most 
religious people um, be- become religious through indoctrination. And I told him, listen. Because you aren't religious to the other 5,000 well, or, you well, know, 10,000 religions that have been in the, in the like, world. Look, I know the word doesn't sound nice, but that's just mm. what being raised in a religion is. That's, that's yeah. It sounds like you're indoctrinated. Like it sounds like a, like a, a word, like an attack. And he's yeah. just like being taught something isn't the same as being indoctrinated. And I just pulled up and like, we were going back and forth and I'm like, no, it's, it's literally the, like the definition of the word. Like no yeah. one's, no one's calling you a name. That's just the definition of the word. And mm. if, that, if that's the only thing you've been taught, from a young age, that's, you are indoctrinated. You're indoctrinated. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, bad or good. No. Um, that's just, but, that's know, just the definition of the word. And it, it ended with me posting a bunch of screenshots of the definition of indoctrination from four different mm. dictionaries. Um, and then I went back like an hour later and he deleted the whole thread. Yeah. So I'm guessing I won. I mean, I mean, the, the trouble flip, is there's, flip there's the monopoly board over, but yeah, there's there's no winning or, or losing, unfortunately, no. because you know I ideally want to educate. Well, that's the thing. People. That's why I was that's 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 yeah. why I was so annoyed, and that's why he got muted from the group for a couple of weeks because the whole point of of these discussion groups, discussion slash debate groups that that I'm in, other people look at those conversations and they read those debates and they logic things out not only that it, it's it's good to a keep reasoning your your reasoning engine sharp by having those sorts of conversations so i have those conversations with my um, fierce friends um but it, it's good to have the conversations mm. to to you know bring upon those thoughts and and to keep that going because religion and atheism should be you know on both sides an evolving uh you know view of society if you're if you're locked into a religion or you're locked into a view of religion and don't move with the times then you're you're not particularly theist either because you know a lot of theologies move with the times as yeah. well yeah, to be honest they constantly change yeah they have to to keep yeah. <laughs> people yeah, they, in there they <laughs> like our uh, um, overall, like, what do we do now after this bit? What's the so, next bit? So, was 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 there anything that you think you could, uh, you would ideally change in the episode? Let's say um, that dress uniform. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Would you want it more of, of Scotty style kilt? Yes, on yes. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think like it looks too cool for you to be embarrassed to wear it. Yeah, like if that. you if you want someone to be embarrassed to wear a uniform, you got to make the uniform look stupid, like mm. they did in Next Generation and TOS. Although yeah. they might have thought they were looking good, I don't know. I don't think anyone <laughs> thought they were ever looking good in TOS. <laughs> um, uh, another like one one other thing that I forgot to mention is the little bit that we get of Chapel and Uhura pointing mm. out that Chapel was blatantly flirting with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chapel 
is trouble. I can tell. Well, Chapel in, in TOS is a major flirt with Spock anyway. All over him. Even though she's got a fella who's on an asteroid who is an android fella. Um, in, again, one of the episodes I can remember the name of. What are little girls made of? Or what are oh, girls made yeah. of? Um, she's yeah, got a fella just on an asteroid title. who is... Creepy fucking yeah. title. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's the 60s. Um, but she's got a, a fella that she loves on an asteroid somewhere who is her husband, who is a an android who, you know, spoilers for a 60-year-old 60, 60 episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he, he's an android fella. Yeah. So, I mean, her whole character arc in TOS is she's either flirting with Spock or she is um, in love with this android guy. So I, I don't mind that too much. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I like Chapel. Well, one of my other theories, and I, I've talked about my horror singing, you know, I should have said that. I should have said that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're possibly trying to avoid showing a shuttle going into the, the back end of the Enterprise or coming out of the Enterprise. The Discovery shuttle bay is so wide because of the nature of the ship. Mm. The JJ Enterprise is so big because they've maybe scaled up to 600 meters, maybe scaled up (laughs) to a kilometer. Who knows with that ship? Because it is constantly changing shape. Mm -hmm. Um, But the TOS Enterprise can maybe fit two shuttles out the door total. And I think they're trying to avoid the size comparison from a Galileo 7 shuttle to the main Enterprise. Um, And, you know, I'm happy to be wrong about that if they eventually show it. Um, But I don't think they can keep the canon of something that, you know, may be worth changing anyway of the size of the Just have a small shuttle bay. It's fine. Just have a small shuttle bay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're trying to avoid it, though, because they've I've worked, shown... I've, I've worked in places with warehouses. I know what loading yeah. bays look like. They're not fucking cavernous, fucking, like, cathedral-sized fucking... Yeah, but 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 JJ and stuff like that has, has not ruined it, but has sort of planted the idea that, that 40 shuttles can come out of the, the TOS Enterprise... Um, shuttle bay when it can't it is like maybe five at max if you stack them <laughs> so I, I i think they're trying to avoid a a shot of a shuttle going into or coming out of a shuttle bay or a stack of galileos yeah they're just stacked up to the, to the max yeah. um so although we're seeing there's so much of the inside of the ship i don't think we'll see the shuttle bay at all this year that that's my new um, that's, a, that's an interesting prediction yeah I, I i don't think it can happen i don't think it can happen um or i don't think they want it to happen i should say yeah um but the other ones i had a horror singing and i should have said it because you nailed um, that or you would have i would have I, I would have marked myself as positive on that bingo card from the her you know doing her tones Mm. Uh, because again, the actress is from uh, musicals. I can't 
can't remember what musicals because I read it two or three weeks ago. You don't reek of theater nerds, so I, 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 I'm not. Forgivable. I am definitely <laughs> like... not. No, no way am I a theater nerd person. Uh, I can't remember what she was from. I thought, well, they, they've had an, a horror that can sing. They're probably going to make a sing at some point. And I should have said it, but I didn't. And I rewatched our previous um, stream. And I said, why didn't I say it then? And for the last week, I've been saying, should I add it now? No, never mind. Um, yeah. And then the Pike comparative religion sort of basis, then maybe they should have brought that in more. But I, I think it was still a relatively strong episode throughout. The last scene in the episode Pike mm. going and you know pulling up the files on those kids after that whole thing of the the, the comet having this kind of uh, predestined you know knowing knowing where it's going mm. it kind of it kind of solidifies it kind of seems as though it solidifies for Pike like my future is kind of set and he, really he that, of, that's what you got from it that's what i got from it that he kind of he can't it kind of like you know because he does he, he goes back and he looks you know gets the kids files up uh, you know after you know all this discussion about about mm. this comet having a, a, a destiny and meeting that destiny and fulfilling that destiny yeah it kind of looks as though pike you know, seems within himself resolved to do the same. I would say that that's Pike at the start of the episode. But I, I think Pike towards the end of the episode, because he has two conversations with Una from then. And Una is saying to him, you know, maybe you can change this. And then Pike is staring into the fire after the maybe you can change this conversation. And then he pulls up those people again. And I think he's probably in the mindset from what I'm taking away uh, as um, I, I think he's going, you know, about he's thinking about if I could change this or if I could do something that changes this. What can I do now? What can I, how can I get the ball yeah. rolling? Yeah. I'd so say, that, yeah, would, say that would be, as I, as I say, you know, order a an inspection of all the Class J starships. He should be doing, <laughs> you know, he's not an idiot. <laughs> totally. He should be saying, you know, how about we check all these starships that are, you know, somewhat out of order? Yeah, but get everything. You know, I want, that? I want everything childproof. Every hard edge and corner yeah. needs to be cushioned. Every, every, everything needs to be behind blast screens. Everyone yeah. needs to be wearing hazmat suits uh, at all times. On any ship. so. What I what I was hinting at way you know two hours ago whatever, um, one of my things that I'd quite like um, Strange New Worlds to move away from is the overhang of death of a main character or death mm. of a main character's family, mm. because I think from Star Trek Beyond we've had Star Trek Beyond in which. You know, you go, Nimoy's dead, Yelchin's dead, there's an overhang of death. Mm. You do last two seasons of Disco, which have had the overhang of death of everyone's family from Disco is dead 
because we've moved 900 years into the future, then last seasons of disco has been, oh, all of um, Book. Book's planet is dead. Dead. And, you know, people are dealing with that constantly. Then you go to Picard. Picard, from episode maybe one or two, he's got the syndrome and the doctor says to him, you're, you're going to be dead in, you know, a couple of months or whatever. And he dies at the end of it. Picard season two, it's all about um, Q doesn't want to die alone. He doesn't want Picard to die alone. Mm. And we've started Strange New Worlds now. And it's saying, oh, Pike knows about his death and stuff like that. And I'd quite like to to move away from being under the shadow of death from Star Trek because I don't think it's healthy as a franchise. Not healthy for a person. No, for for an for for an overall franchise, if you if you say you've got three or four live action series going, and you say every single one of them is about for telling death for your character. And let's be honest, Picard season three is probably going to be about the death of Picard. Mm-hmm. Then you've got three seasons of Picard saying goodbye to a friend, and uh, goodbye to Data, goodbye to uh, Q, goodbye to Picard. You've got Disco last two seasons, goodbye to all your family, goodbye to Book's Planet. Then you've got Strange New World season one, um, Pike saying goodbye to what he feels like is himself. I'd quite like to move away from death as the main focus of death of yourself, your family, (laughs) your friends as the main focus of stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it reminds me of, I was was explaining to my my friend who's who's just done TOS, and he's, Mm -hmm. I think they've just done the motion picture, because I was like, you want to do it, I always say do it chronologically. Do TOS, then do the movies, then hit TNG. Yeah. Fair warning, though. Most of the movies are about getting old. Yeah. Most of the films, like, like, right out of the gate, motion picture. You know, Picard. Take you know, clearly can't. Uh, Kirk rather can't cope with getting older, and he's trying to reclaim his youth by taking back control mm. of fucking Enterprise. Like honestly, I think it's the same the story with Rafa Khan, where he says, "You know, how do you feel at the end?" And he says, yeah. "I feel young again." Yeah, yeah. he's he's got it. Yeah. All right. So, do we know anything about next week's episode? Uh, I, I I purposely don't look at the trailers. I I I haven't. I just haven't had the opportunity today. Um, I've been making TikToks and editing <laughs> down last week's stream. Um, uh. Uh, I'll I'll send you the TikTok I made earlier. It's funny. Um, oh, very good. Um, so yeah, let me let me just give give a quick give it a quick goog, and let's let's have a look at what next the title of next week's episode is. Let's see if we can make any predictions based on that. Um, I do know that. Um... My, the the minor news, and it isn't really news um, for Strange New Worlds, is the reviewers got the first five episodes, mm. and you know the reviews are sitting at the moment to, at one hundred percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 
um, wow. from the first five. So, you know, it does look very promising for the first five at least. And I think it's it's probably a lot of confidence instead of showing the first three, which I believe is the, the norm in, in the case where you've got a 10 episode run, showing five. I think that's probably a bit of confidence in, in how the fall season is. Is that a thing we know? It's 10 episodes? Yeah, it's 10 episodes. 10 episode run, um, five have been given to the um, okay. reviewers. Okay. So next and week's we're, episode. We're two weeks through. Next week's episode Ghosts of Illyria. Illyria. Again, a very uh, TOS title. Very. Very TOS. Where, where is Illyria? We don't um, know. It uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> in classical antiquity, Illyria was a region in the western part of the Balkan Peninsula. Okay. I don't think it's that. Probably not. I think it's uh, going to be a planet somewhere. Illyrians were a humanoid species native to the Delphic Expanse. I think these guys are a... Um, yeah, they're a enterprise. They're in the... Uh, uh, yes. Jonathan Archer and the Makos boarded an Illyrian craft and stole their warp coil. Oh, oh yes, that's I remember that. When Enterprise was all fucked yeah. up for a little yeah. few episodes, and uh, Archer said, "We'll be back to help you," and then got transported instantly back to Earth, which yeah. was which was several months away from this this ship that he said he would be back to help. Oh, um, oh, he's. They've got the forehead ridges that I use for one of my um, in, in Star Trek Online. I have a, I have a crew of Karayans. They're the planet okay. of of half Vulcan, um, half Romulan, half Klingons from that mm. prison planet. Because you can play in the Romulan faction. Yeah, you, you can do Klingon faction, but when you do Romulan faction. At a certain point in the campaign, you can kind of side with either Federation or the Klingon Empire, and you get like access to their equipment. And if you go Klingon, then you can like blend Romulan and Klingon stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I made the. Okay. I have a Korean crew. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be interesting. You know, revisiting this. Yeah. It makes this sense. species that, makes that we sense. had horrible relations to in the, in season one. And hold on. Ghosts um, of those guys. The the captain of that ship is Duke not Ducat, it is um what's the other main Cardassian? Ducat Dumas? Um, Dumas. Yeah, yeah, it is Dumas actor. Oh shit, is, yeah. You is, can see, you yeah. can tell those you can tell. He's got the uh, kissy, kissy it. lips. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, great actor. It would be great to revisit that species that should hate the Federation because the Federation yeah. Ghost in of this timeline. Those guys. Which, yeah. Enterprise. These guys are called the Enterprise. Yeah. Maybe we're going to get some I, of that pirate shit that I was after. Yeah. Again, I'm so sure the the NX Enterprise or the Series Enterprise timeline is slightly different to the TOS and TNG and Voyager and stuff like that timeline. Um, but it'll still be good to, to focus on that in 
in Strange New Worlds because you know it, it should be something that be that it does get revisited and Enterprise the NX show should have gone back to if it had a a sixth season or whatever yeah season six season um, you know sadly didn't sadly didn't because you know it's nice having showrunners or or writers who seem to be um, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, or just rating. Enterprise they, for two seasons. People, people have, you know, generally yeah. speaking, I, I've heard a lot of good things about Enterprise. I have a lot of good things to say about Enterprise. Yeah. I think it was just a bit too much of a uh, tonal shift for people at the time. Yeah, which I, I, I think maybe Strange New Worlds is benefiting more than anything else in that having... Three or four tonal shifts right after each other, and then Strange Strange New Worlds comes out, and it is TOS again. Yeah, it is. Well, this is people... your this is your granddad's um, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, it, it's not Enterprise where you know we're we're reincorporating incorporating nine um, eleven just happened. It's not Discovery where um, oh we're now following one crew member going up from being a criminal to now a captain. It's not Picard, whereas someone is slowly dying on screen. Um, it is just TOS again. Yeah, it's, you've got to embrace the camp, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's happened with superhero movies. You know, we went from hmm. X-Men wearing leather to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which you I know, still it... can't spoil for you. It <laughs> is a trouble. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Yeah. It, it's payday tomorrow. Oh. I'm buying a bag of weed. I'm going to watch Star Strange. <laughs> yep. And alert. Just, just make sure, though, mate. How are you with horror after a couple of um, after a couple of joints? Fine. Okay. Fine. Great. Yeah. As long as you're not going to be sitting in your seat like Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> you know, kind of moving backwards sort nah, of, nah, uh, I'm cool like I'm cool with it okay. I'm like I'm like dude that's gross yeah uh, not necessarily gross but you know uh, it is is very much evil dad yeah I, I think it's easily the uh, the most MCU film that has a shade of a director in it cool um, since that, maybe I mean, the Ray first Avenger Rocketeer like, you get um, Sam Raimi. You gotta, you gotta let Sam Raimi do his thing. Well, yeah, and it, it seems like they they did as much as possible. Um, right so you, you should have fun with it. You should have oh, fun. I'm sure, I will. Anyway, we should we should sign off and we can carry on this. We, we should. After. We should. Um, so yeah, next week, Ghosts of Illyria. Um, mm. We've we've managed. We have we have digressed a lot this episode. Next week, I say we we maybe. Try and do that less. Um, but we've done better than last week. We've done a lot better um, than last week. At least we didn't have to stop the stream every forty minutes. How do we? How do we relate this episode back to to this episode of the stream? Um, uh, Hopefully, you think it's better than last week. We get better every time. Yeah. Um, Imagine how good we'll be next week. Yes. Um, it's it's. Maybe it's maybe it's predetermined. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's inescapable. Um, 
but maybe if someone tries, maybe they can change destiny and they can stop us. Please try. Um... <laughs> stop I mean, before we lose so... control. Certainly, if you've got you know, if you've got any changes uh, that you think we should cover more or cover less, absolutely. Uh, like this know. is this is a thing that you know. Well, once once we've gotten our, our editing schedule down a bit, but uh, you know, we're going to be putting this out, you know, in in a to a broader audience, sticking it on YouTube rather than just in the group. But this is very much for made it so. You know, other people can look at it later on. Oh yes, oh yes, yes. So we we hope you're you know possibly enjoying it. Yeah, I'm sure the world. What's not to enjoy? Well, yeah. I mean, look at these handsome faces and our um, shirts that are either Cheers or The Shining. My mum made this. My mum. My mum made this shirt. Well, now you're putting my my mum to shame for not making a cheers shirt. Oh, so, as uh, if your mum didn't even make you a cheers shirt. Disgraceful. Um. So but anyway, uh, good I'll, to speak to you all. Absolutely, I'll I'll sign off the same way I did last week. Live long and prosper, motherfuckers. All that. <laughs>